Welcome to the Modern Millennial Podcast. I'm your host, Arpita, a curious millennial who has a lot to say and has a lot of questions. On this podcast, I'm getting to the bottom of what we all really need to know when it comes to our modern lifestyles. Join me every Wednesday as I sit down with guests and share my thoughts on topics across wellness, mental health, self-growth, and everything in between. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on Apple or Spotify. And now let's get into today's episode. Welcome to a new episode of the podcast. Today's episode is a mix between a career chat and a brand spotlight. As I'm thinking about episodes for this season and things that really excite me and that I want to learn more about, because I always say I am the audience for this podcast. I've really taken liking to a lot of brands that I discovered in 2023 and just doing more research about them and trying to understand what their story is and seeing if, you know, their founders wanted to come on the podcast to share how they built these brands out and what they're continuing to learn, fail, grow, and do as they continue to build their brands and especially spotlighting smaller businesses and medium-sized brands that I think are just doing really incredible things. So today is an episode in that realm where I'm chatting with the three founders of Citizen Cosmetics, who also happen to be sisters. I'm joined by Alina, Elise, and Nasiha today. So we're going to be having a really fun chat on all things, building their business, working with family, cultural representation in the beauty industry, but not in like the buzzy way, in like a true every day ingrained in the ethos of their brand way, how they develop products, how they think about everything from lip pigmentation to how everyone's eyelids look different and just a lot of other advice that they share, both good and bad about building their business and and being founders in the beauty space. Before we meet them and get into a really fun conversation, reminder to subscribe to the podcast on Apple or Spotify, wherever you listen. And if you like anything in today's episode, or if you have any feedback, if you have any thoughts, if you have a guest suggestion, please take two seconds to leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. This goes such a long way and there's a lot of other fun content coming your way. So if you can just take two minutes of your time to do that, I'd be so appreciative. All right, let's get into today's chat. Okay. I am so excited to do this. And let me just say that this is my first time having three people on the podcast at the same time. So this is a big first for me and I'm very excited to have you all here. We're so excited to be here. And yeah, we are a package deal. So thank you. (laughs) When you joined and it was the three of you together, I was like, whoa, this is so legit. I love it. I'm sure you guys have done this a million times over. Alina, Elise, and Nasiha, I'm so excited to be chatting with you. And of course, about my favorite topic, which is makeup, beauty, lipsticks, and all the fun things. Let's get into it. Funny story before we start, and I specifically didn't mention this to your PR team before we were talking because I just wanted to share when we started recording was I used to work at TikTok on their advertising strategy team. And the day that Michaela posted your lipsticks and everything went crazy for the listeners for context two years ago or a year ago, you probably have a better idea. Yeah. Um, Michaela, this huge beauty creator, posted Citizen Cosmetics lipsticks and 
their website crashed and it went viral. And I was on the beauty advertising team and I saw that happen and I saw all the articles and I literally took screenshots and video recordings and everything. And we actually presented it because we had a meeting with a huge beauty conglomerate in Paris that week. And so I was an entire slide that I used to be like the power of TikTok and the power of virality. And like, yeah, it's so crazy. And that was my first introduction to the brand. And then it stayed in my mind. But I just remember that moment and thinking, I wonder what's going on on their end because they're clearly like a small beauty brand that now just their website crashed and they're probably sold out of all their products. So that was crazy and super full circle to now be talking to you guys. Yeah. No, we were we remember exactly what we were wearing in that moment where we were yeah. sitting. Yeah, we were at dinner together. Yeah, like, we were in London. Yeah. Kind of going like ping, 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 ping on the Shopify, like way more back to back than ever. We literally and thought the Shopify app was like glitching. Like I thought it wasn't working. I was like, oh, what's happening here? Like we had no idea what was going on. And we were oh figuring God. out where it was coming from because we actually were not tagged in the caption. So it was only because this one creator that knew us us that we had engaged with before oh. tagged us in the comments so that's why we're like oh. get it like we're not seeing notifications yeah, like where's it coming from yeah where's this coming from oh my gosh let's take it back one step prior to that right this is obviously the height of when i think everything shifted for your brand and from there it's been such incredible to see the growth but how did you guys start this brand like where did citizen cosmetics come from and the three of you together like three sisters take it to the top take me from the beginning so we are just to give you some background we're ethnically pakistani so we're south asian and as beauty consumers we always felt that it wasn't an equal experience for all complexions and we felt that beauty was more geared towards a fairer complexion which i'm sure you can understand and relate to and so at the time when it was 2017 when we started developing the brand there was still so much room to be done with inclusivity and representation and if people were focusing on it it was still just in the realm of foundations and concealers but the way yeah. we see beauty and the way we see color cosmetics is your complexion influences actually every step of your routine that's color related. So why is there no focus on nude lipsticks from the lens of complexion? What about red lipsticks? What about the blush you use, the contour you use? So we were kind of like, wait, this is not just about models on a campaign or the biggest foundation range. This is so much deeper. And we didn't feel that there was a brand looking at it in that holistic point of view. And um, because my sister Anisia had a certification in makeup artistry, we knew she had that skill that we needed to be deeper in the industry. And then Elise and I bring our own strengths, like me with storytelling, Elise with her organizational management skills and background. So we just felt like we would make a powerful team. And the way we can relate on the customer shopper side, even though we're yeah. not celebrities or celebrity makeup artists, we actually felt that that was actually a really relevant skill that's needed because just a second ago we were consumers on the other side you know what i mean so absolutely and we're creating it for our same similar demographic meaning people that are passionate about beauty that feel excluded that are in that millennial gen z age group and lastly i would just say you can feel when it's maybe men in suits in a boardroom creating products yes. for young women of color and i think that's why i keep emphasizing on the fact that we are close to the demo because the way we can understand the wants and needs of the consumer having just been consumers a second ago, I think is, is helpful. Yeah, I very much relate to that because I'm Indian. And so my background in terms of even the same experience growing up with like trying to find the right skin color. And like, I used to remember there's Mac had like 
I think it was like Whirl or one yeah. of those like famous yeah. lipsticks. For some reason, it always washed me out. It just didn't work for me, whereas it worked for a lot of other skin tones. And there was a lot of these blanketed lipsticks that everyone used or like, I've been a big beauty makeup girl my whole life. So I would read all the magazines and be like, but that doesn't look good on me. That makes me look a little cray cray. So <laughs> where is the lipsticks that, you know, or even just the makeup that works? And I think that that story and the, what you guys said about not being men in the boardroom, I think that comes out so authentically in your brand. And and something I love is that, yes, there's makeup and yes, you're creating products and yes, you're selling them. But there has always been like a through line in your content, in your story, in your product of being culturally responsive and standing for more than makeup. And I think that is really powerful. So I'd love to hear where that came from, whether was it maybe in your upbringing? Are you guys passionate about certain topics? How do you seamlessly mix that together? Yeah, I think that really came from, well, we basically were born in California, but then in 2003, we all moved to Dubai. So we were at a really impressionable age. Like I was eight, yeah. was 10. So I feel like being growing up in a population where 80% are expats, so they're all from different parts of the world. We're so exposed yeah. to different cultures and religions. I really felt like that just made us more understanding of different people. And I really, yeah, that was definitely pivotal in like why we wanted to be so adamant about representing different cultures in the beauty industry, because that's kind of what we grew up around. And we were like, this is such a beautiful thing for people to just kind of understand each other better. Yeah, like for us, there's no option but to be culturally tolerant, but to be culturally accepting, because from a young age, when you grow up in a certain way, that is just your beliefs. You don't even realize you're doing it. And we love giving the example of like in a water park in Dubai, for example, someone in a bikini will stand right next to someone in a burkini who is fully covered, but both are acceptable and both are celebrated and neither is batting an eyelid at the other. So I think when you grow up like that, that impacts your mindset. And I don't think citizen what would be it wouldn't be what it is today if we didn't grow up in Dubai just because this is yeah. such a unique experience with the percentage of expats like Lise mentioned. Like we would even have international day at school where everyone has come representing their culture. So it was just such a thing that we were exposed to all the time. And like they kind of really encourage learning about each other's backgrounds. So I feel like like what Alina said, like it's really ingrained Yeah. And also because we're all always looking at how can we redefine inclusivity beyond the surface that already exists, that's constantly like our mission and our internal question. We felt that there was not really a focus on culture. So how can you really make people feel understood and represented? Because in order to represent people, you have to understand them. It goes beyond skin tone, age, gender, sexuality. I think there is so much more depth in understanding where did you grow up? Like, what is your ethnic background? And how did that make you who you are? And how did that shape the way you think about beauty even and the beauty traditions and beauty trends that you grew up with? So um, we just found that there is such an opportunity for a cultural focus. And we really do believe that we're the first brand merging beauty and culture. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say I've been in around and working in the beauty space and you guys will probably agree with this. There's been a lot of buzz around the last few years with diversity and inclusion and a lot of brands are, you know, saying the same buzzwords. And, and you know, there are people, I'm sure you'll agree, in both skincare, beauty, hair care that are doing it well. And then there's ones that are kind of like just joining the bandwagon yeah. because it feels right. And you can very clearly as a consumer see the distinction. And I think that for me, it comes so clearly in the content and the way it's approached and like the ethos of the brand. It's not just like a caption. It's like rooted in the development of the product. And I think that 
that journey feels very unique to you guys. And I'd love to hear more about how you start like, okay, you guys just launched like a a line of red lipsticks or whatever's coming next. How do you sit down and say, okay, this is what we're going to do. It's how we're going to create it. And this is like the ethos of that. How we do it first is we kind of see like what the gap is in the market. What are some of the essential makeup products that people wear, but still can't find their shade range within those. So we always do a survey and send it out to as many people as possible, asking them like, what are they looking for and what do they need? What are the beauty essentials that they really need and looking for that they can't find on the market? And once we kind of get that feedback, we kind of narrow it down even further to like what the product is, what the collection is. And then we do focus groups and the focus groups are with as many skin tones as possible, genders, ethnicities, everything. And with that, they'll bring benchmarks of shades that they have in the market that they like but want to tweak. And based on that, we kind of discuss what's the product we're going to do. What's the formula you're looking for? How do you want it to stay like as in longevity, um, things like that. So it always starts with the community first. We're really like community driven brands and we do everything with our community because we're not claiming that like we know what you need and we know what you want. We always involve our community in the discussion from the beginning of any product development process. That's kind of how we start. And then once we kind of know what we're doing, then that's when we go to the labs and like really have that internal you know, discussion with them to, to get the product to life. And we're actually formalizing that community testing group um, right now, actually, as we speak. Um, it's one of our main goals that we're working towards because every time we do that focus group and we gather that group together, they're usually different groups. But now we're actually realizing like, how important it is like i listened to this podcast the other day with the airbnb founder where he was saying it's so much more important to have a hundred people love you than a thousand people think oh they're okay they're not bad so how can we further engage the people that already love us by actually involving them in the product development them in like the shade name process all the things we have questions all the time but it's usually that we seek different groups but now we're actually trying to incentivize one group that we put together and they are our community testing group And so it's a combination of VIP customers that have been returning customers, like usually like higher than the average frequency. And then also making sure that all complexions are included. So those are the two things we're kind of bridging together to form this group. And we've started having those initial dialogues. So it's exciting to formalize the process now as well. Community is another buzzword that is always thrown around by a lot of people. But I think we're at the point where that word needs to be redefined for each individual brand or whatever you're doing. I mean, like I have a listenership and I call them community, but what does that really mean? And so I love that you're taking learnings of, okay, maybe like the every time a new group isn't working for us. So let's pivot and make it more like, okay, these are our people, like these are our citizen people and go from there. No, that's really powerful. I loved culture tutorials. I want to hear more about these. For listeners, I'll let you guys explain what they are, but I love the concept of that because it feels so ownable and you're not looking for content strategy advice, but I think that they're really powerful and you should keep doing it. (laughs) I want to hear where that came from and how that's been helping your brand get out there. There's so much in the world that we live in right now, and it's just nice to see different cultures represented in in unique ways. Exactly. No, thank you so much. We love when people acknowledge and bring up culture tutorial because we want to talk about it more and more and be louder about it. 
So I think everything goes back to our original mission of how can we redefine inclusivity in a way that doesn't feel like a box to tick and is actually meaningful and actually leaves you feeling something and learning something. And it all goes back to like, know thy neighbor. It's like, you know, a phrase that's been around for so long. But the more that you eliminate the fear of not understanding each other, it all comes from just awareness and exposure and education. Not everyone will ever be able to travel to every country in the world or even be exposed to multicultural communities because even that is um, a unique experience in itself. So we just felt like, how can you make it bite-sized and easy to bring culture to people's vortex? And it is to your screen. That's kind of what we left it off as. And not making it a history lesson or something that feels like not approachable and not fun. So we were thinking merging a makeup tutorial with cultural awareness where we get to pass the mic to our citizens all around the world and they get to teach us something. Like as a brand, you don't always have to be the authority. Like we talk about teacher versus student a lot and we're also confident playing the role of student. So when we say pass the mic, we actually like are very comfortable being like, you teach us, like we are not from your culture. So we want to learn about it from you. So yeah, we basically share our stage and pass the mic with citizens from around the world. And in a one minute video they basically teach us about what they love about their culture um the mannerisms of the people the food the nightlife the way they dress and again it's another way to go deeper beyond just this word inclusivity but you may leave learning one more thing about for example pakistani culture that you never knew before and the next time you meet someone from pakistan you actually have something to contribute to the conversation that helps them feel like you actually understand them where it's like, oh, you guys are known for this dish, right? And that's already just a nice icebreaker. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, you know, there's so much going on in the world now as well, where um, the more there's division and the more there's a lack of understanding, it doesn't help anyone. So we play a small part in making that just accessible. It feels yeah. so much more fulfilling. And we us. know that everyone also has a different perspective with their culture. So, for, for example, we're not just going to do one culture tutorial for India. Like, yeah. we're happy to have different people right. show their perspective yeah. on it because everyone has such a different <laughs> relationship experience. Makeup is such a form of self-expression. And I'm sure you guys all feel that too. And it's over the past few years with the emergence of social media, we've seen it as a power of storytelling. There's been so many stories that are told and told really well through beauty, through makeup. And to take this from just doing like a get ready with me, like, hey, like I'm going to go get coffee now. And, you know, just like, I think the connection between that and then watching a culture tutorial where someone is talking about, like you said, the nightlife in my country is we all do this or at 11 o'clock, we all go and eat this dish. And this is like a really famous street food or whatever it is. While you're doing your makeup, there's just such a like nice synergy there of understanding someone, especially in a world where, you know, every day we're finding that we understand each other less and less. And so I really love that. And I hope that, you know, that continues. And I wonder if it'll even transcend past citizen and you guys become the pioneers of this format of content that other people can start layering into. I hope so too. We would love that. And it was cool because yeah, we did get recognition from Forbes actually for reinventing the get ready with me format to your point. So do think it could surpass beyond kind of yeah. where it's at now and evolve, which is cool yeah. and actually maybe even become more offline experiences too. Like at retail events and pop-ups, we've actually started doing live culture tutorials where we call on someone oh, wow. on stage that volunteers. And if they can teach us about their culture in under 60 seconds, like they win like product. Yeah, and so, like, oh, wow. So fun. <laughs> 
Because like the whole point is to make it bite-sized so it's not overwhelming. So even if you leave learning one or two things, like that is already more than you maybe knew a second ago. So yeah, yeah that's why we fun. even trademark the word culture tutorial because we do feel like it's so yeah. special and different and we're like, we need to do more with this. Yeah. It's such an ownable thing. And like you said, it's a reinvention in the right way of something that the consumer is aware of or whether you're a creator or you're just like a like an audience member. And so it's like a nice way to bring that all together. And it's, I think people get scared when it's something net new, but this feels like so synergistic with the way content is moving forward. Yeah. yeah thank you. And to your point about how you were saying that everyone defines culture in their own way. So even we, cause we always are looking to evolve. So even we've been looking at, okay, beyond culture in terms of like countries and ethnicities, how can we also evolve and grow culture tutorials? So now we also look at it as cultural moments throughout the year. So Hispanic Heritage Month, Black History Month, for example, Ramadan, Eid, you know, Hanukkah. So it's like, how can we also just understand the significance more of these moments from someone that belongs to the culture? And then even in a larger sense, in a different vertical, it's other community groups. So for example, we did a culture tutorial for Cleft Awareness Month, and it was from a creator that we already knew and engaged with that has a cleft lip. And that was such a different evolution of culture tutorial as well. But it really is just how can we use a get ready with me format to learn more yeah. communities around the world. I'm sitting here with my, which I literally have been recommending on like the past three or four like podcast episodes. And I also do a newsletter. I'm obsessed with the Kosamui lip what is this called? Lip duo. Lip, yeah. Yes. Lip duo. Yeah. My gosh. I love this color and the, the Das lips lip liner. I think these two are created for my lips because I have like pigmentation a little wow. bit. So it just blends in so well and I can't stop obsessing over them. So fantastic no, additions to my beauty routine. And you, <laughs> love it. you have great taste because yeah. the shade that you love is actually our Allure Best of Beauty winner. So that actually <laughs> won oh. live for medium skin tone. So <laughs> you picked well. What can I say? What can I say? <laughs> no, I love it. brought up pigmentation in your lip because another thing that we feel that we're focusing more on that isn't discussed as much in the industry is natural lip tone and lip pigmentation. And so our shade matching quiz actually factors that in and we ask people what their natural lip tone is. And we're learning that that is something that is often forgotten or excluded from the conversation of lip shade. Yeah. We also recently launched eyeshadow sticks, double-ended eyeshadow sticks. And people don't realize that everyone's eyelids are also a different color. So when we were formulating that collection, we took that into account too and actually did testing to see how shades appear on different eyelids. But I feel like a lot of brands don't think about that, but it's not just like complexion and face when you need to think about undertones and like, you know, the shade, but it's also lip tone and even eyelids. It's every, every part of you. Yeah. Something I was just thinking about is I've noticed when brands launch shade ranges or, you know, they're like, okay, we have something for everyone. There's always that group of people that are like, well, I don't feel represented or like, there's nothing for me here. You know, there's always going to be trolls or naysayers or whatever it is when you do. I'm curious because you guys are so inclusive and you really do create something for a lot of shade ranges. Do you get that? And how do you deal with that? Or, or is it something that you maybe haven't experienced yet? I feel like we mostly might've experienced it online because it's hard to represent the shades and the tones online 
as yeah. well as yeah. so we'll, we'll sometimes we'll get feedback like oh the shade wasn't what I thought it would be so then that's when we ask them to send us a makeup a selfie and then we match them based on their photo because we know it's hard work for them to choose their own shade sometimes so we're happy to kind of look at their photo look at their complexion and their skin tone and then recommend a shade and then most of the time they're really happy with that next shade that we end up sending them and I was like to your question of how we approach it I think for us we always have had this mindset of you're never gonna reach this end point or even you should never approach inclusivity with oh we're done we're inclusive now so I think because we have that open mindset where we're just always going to work towards it's like a north star like you don't reach it you're just every day a step closer because you can't ever equally represent or even know about like every single but if you have a mindset that you are curious and want to and are working towards that then I think you actually welcome feedback because we're just always looking for ways we could do it better and make a new person feel like thank you for including me because it's not even intentional you genuinely don't even know all the different communities that exist and yeah over 3,000 cultures in the world which we found interesting to learn so it's just I think that attitude helps so that we're not even saying we're done and we did it but it's like oh guys how can we do it better please tell us you know yeah that is such a positive right approach to this because I've seen it go wrong on on social media especially again a lot of this chatter is on social media because you can't represent everything and everyone always tries to find like the one negative thing in like something that's really beautiful and positive. But I love that openness to welcoming that feedback and knowing that there's no way you can reach every single corner of this universe in, in our lifetime, at least. So yeah, yeah exactly. it's that openness. So just to switch gears a little bit, this podcast, it's very much rooted in real talk and a lot of self-confidence and self-growth and, and learning. And something that I really struck me as I was doing research for this episode is something I think, Alina, you wrote about the beauty industry and how this open letter almost where is the beauty industry a mean girl and i loved reading that because it's it's funny a few years ago i wrote a piece called are we the mean girls so wow. it felt very it felt very synergistic in the sense and when i read it um, of course your lens was about the beauty industry in in general but the sort of crux of it was very similar in like are we propelling certain things forward? So I'd love to hear your take there and, and just talk about that further and peel back the layers of like where that that emotion came from. Thank you. And I definitely want to read yours right after this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I, I'll, I'll send it to you. Too, so please send it to me. I was on an airplane ride to Atlanta where we were going to support Nordstrom in an event. And I was actually reading back, like, you know, your notes section. I was looking back at like things I had written from early back in 2017, 2018, when we were developing Citizen and remembering sort of that early feeling of why we even started this. And I was just reading my own thoughts and that kind of brought it all back in me again. So I actually wrote something on that plane ride inspired by earlier journal entries. And I spontaneously actually read it to the audience in Nordstrom Atlanta and there was like hundreds of people in the audience and it was such a last minute decision because it was just coming from the heart and I had just written it and I was like I'm just gonna put this out there because we could use these 10 minutes to just talk about our products or we could actually start with the crux and the soul of why we even started this and I'm so glad we did because it all was because of these feelings so in a sense it really is a humorous take on the experience of a person of color who feels like this is supposed to be fun and we all have the right to feel beautiful and we all have the right to self-expression. But when you actually find it harder for you or there's less guidance or there's not someone holding your hand the way someone's, someone else is maybe having a handheld spoon-fed experience, you actually just have this epiphany where it's like, wait a second, 
I'm showing love to this space that maybe isn't showing love back to me and you almost feel invisible in that context. And I think it can get deep and it can get heavy, which is why I try to make it humorous because not and trying to bash the beauty industry. We're a part of the beauty industry now. So now we actually have a role to play to make sure it doesn't feel like this. But I think by making it humorous, you actually can make a point even stronger sometimes by just like, you know, mocking some of those experiences where it's like, it really is that it feels like people do just think it's about a number to hit, but then why is it still ashy? Okay, you clearly didn't test on my skin tone and do you even care about my skin tone? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You know, like using humor is helpful to really put a point across, I think. Yeah. yeah, I love that. And I think like it, when I was reading it, it also speaks a little bit to like just beauty standards and like the beauty industry where it's not necessarily about the beauty industry. It's just in general society and like what we kind of grew up with and the images we saw when we were growing up or, you know, the generations above us. And, and now when you think about beauty, it's not like the blonde hair, blue eyes, you know what I mean? Like just like no makeup, makeup. It's whatever you want it to be. It can be like a full face of whatever it is. It can be, you know, we wear no makeup. Like I've been seeing Pamela Anderson. Have you guys seen that? Where she's been makeup free at all these red carpets. And she's someone who defined beauty, like especially makeup. She was like the makeup girl. And so people can reclaim and claim whatever they want. And I think that I loved that you shared that. And I think it's pretty ballsy because not a lot of people would like start an event at Nordstrom for like their small beauty business talking about the issues or, you know, the concepts. So I think that, again, going back to like you guys being culturally responsive, it really does come out in the ethos of your brand. And it, it feels very natural and authentic, which are words that you can't say about, you know, other brands in the space. Thank you so much. And we've been reflecting as well before you go into 2024. I'm sure everyone's having these conversations about, you know, like, you know, what can we tighten with our messaging? What can we, and a word that keeps coming up is humanized when we think about our approach. So like, even when you think about like our shade matching quiz, we feel like it's a very humanized algorithm and it's all about a custom humanized experience, whether you're offline with us or online. So I really appreciate that you feel that the authenticity shows because that's actually what we want to keep bringing it back to is we literally are three approachable people that just yesterday were consumers and we understand. And the more that that's reflected, especially as things are going a little bit away from just being so celebrity oriented or influencer oriented, I think we're glad that we always have had the balance and that there is a strong community aspect too. And you were talking about how you guys were just consumers and now you're on this side. So let's talk about that startup journey because I I can only imagine. And every time I talk to someone who's who's a founder, they have a plethora of things that they want to share when it comes to advice on like, what are some things that you had no idea you were getting yourself into? What is something that you've learned the really hard way in building this, this journey, all three of you? Because I know that you have different roles in the company. Yeah. Well, I think just knowing that you have to sacrifice a lot of your personal time for this and your personal life for this. Like I think that was a kind of reality check as we got into it because you are going to see your friends less. There's going to be less time for like self-care. There's so many things you have to like really adjust in your own life and routine, which is hard, but you have to really want to do it enough to kind of push through that. Because of course, like you can eventually find a balance, but those first like two, three years are really tough when you really have to make sacrifices in order to push the branch where you want to go. 
I think, yeah, there's so many things we underestimated because we were so young when we just like decided. It's like, I don't know where we got that confidence from. We're like, let's do this. It's like being young. That is the confidence. It's like the pill. It's like Delulu, as they say now. It's like, we're all just Delulu. Delulu. (laughs) But yeah, I think it's even just realizing that, for example, in the first round of our packaging, there was a typo that actually got printed on our packaging where actually one of the shades were spelled incorrectly. So I think it's even just not having those processes and those systems and structures in flow in the beginning of like getting things triple checked by this person, that person before we say yes. I think those are things we underestimated in the beginning. It's like, oh, okay, like packaging, like this should be simple. It looks cute, this, that. So many things, even on the packaging front, where there's, you know, legal things that have to be included. There's an agency we now work with to make sure all the right language translations are on there, all the right ingredients are in the right place. But I think in the beginning, we were just like, you know, we didn't have maybe those three or four rounds of approval. It was maybe two. Um, So I think there's a lot of learnings, even in just the structures in place in order to make sure we're catching errors that we were probably just more scrappy in the beginning and just didn't think to have in place really. In the beginning, we definitely underestimated how it'd be like working as like sisters and family, because even our father is involved in the company as well. So I feel like there definitely was a time during COVID kind of when we were like also launching, we really had to sit down with each other and talk about like communication and talk about how we have to separate each other from sisters and also employees. So um, which is advice for any sister founders. We have two group chats on our phone. So one is literally just work related and then the other one is just personal. So we're really strict with that. And anytime we say something personal in the work chat, we're like, no, 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 you have to take that <laughs> to the other. You have to move it there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like no one's sending memes on this chat. Like that's definitely not like <laughs> set the boundaries in the beginning and just be cautious and aware that it's not a joke to like work with your family. And also remember to have that time to like split work talk and personal talk because sometimes it can easily get intertwined. So just being mindful of, of that people think that entrepreneurship is just this like easy pill, but you, I think they don't realize that, okay, the nuances of like, you have to give up your time or that you're going to make crazy mistakes. Or if you're working with your family, you actually may make your family situation worse if you don't talk about it. You know, there's, there's all these stories we hear. So I think it's important to like keep talking about these things so that younger generation, if they're thinking about these things, understands like, there's good, but then there's also bad. And it's kind of a balance of both. Exactly. And we try to be real about it. We were even just having a talk before this and we were even saying passion's actually not enough. So, you know, a lot of people might say like, if you're passionate about it, that's it. But no, there's so many other things that it's not just passion. It's like, even if your personality, does your personality have the resilience yeah. for these ups and downs? And obviously there's like capital and team and resources and all these things, but it also... I think we also underestimated the deep, deep need to really establish things that don't exist, which is why we like keep bringing it to the forefront of our mind now, because especially if you are um, going to partner with retailers and they need to take a bet on your brand, it has to be an offering they don't have. So I think it's not just passion that you love your product. It's actually deep, deep thinking that are you even creating or inventing something that isn't already there in a really serious way because if not i would say like do something else really because in beauty there's so many brands you really need to know what your differentiation is not just that you're passionate about but that 
you've actually done from market studies on what other brands have and, you know, what those retailers carry that you want to be a part of. Yeah, especially in this time of, of our world where there's so much saturation and a lot of industries, beauty being one of them, it's not the loudest brand that's going to make the big difference or like cut through the noise. It's the brand that is doing all the pieces of the puzzle, right? Like I have the passion, but you have the logistics and you have the team building that I think you guys are like on the right track for that. But I can imagine that there's a lot of challenges that you face, obviously. Oh, yeah. What is one piece of advice that you have for anyone who is looking to start their their business, whether it's beauty or if they're working with family or whatever it is, what's something that you feel like everyone should know? Definitely don't underestimate the importance of brand identity and guidelines and how deep you have to create brand identity from visuals to messaging. Because we always knew what we stood for, but we didn't go with a professional agency in the beginning of our journey. And we never did a formal branding process from the start because we were like really stuck. Mm. So because of that, we had to end up updating and tweaking messaging later on in our journey. So we just recommend that if you have the resources, then definitely start with a strong branding foundation so that you don't have to kind of pick up the pieces yeah. along the way. But once you have that foundation, you kind of just focus on that and everything else will kind of fall into place. I love that. Yeah. I think just having the right mentors in place that come from your industry. So we yeah. also have you know, like advisory board members from other industries that can help in their own ways, because at the end of the day, it's creating a business. But the significance of having someone from the cosmetics and beauty space yeah. is so priceless, really. And so I think if anyone's going to go into this, that's something that I think is crucial is someone that's done this before with so much more experience that is guiding you in different areas as well, from production to funding to marketing and so yeah. many areas. So we're all about advisory and mentorship wherever we can um, and really using our network smartly in that way. And I just joined a professional network of entrepreneurs that I'm hoping to continue to learn even more from people that have scaled their businesses, you know, like even larger right. than where we're at. So I think it's all about having that learning mindset and not thinking it's enough just for yourselves to like something and feel passionate. Yeah. It goes back to my previous point that like passion's not enough. It's also who are you leaning on and who are you um, running your idea yeah. by and making sure you're running your ideas by a diverse set of people too, so mm -hmm. that you don't get into that. Yeah. I think being okay asking for help is such a smart way to think of this because it's like, I'm sure there's a lot of people, you know, egos get in the way or it's like, oh, I know what I'm doing. And yeah. you don't actually lean on the people around you. And, and that almost always doesn't work well. Exactly. Like, so, yeah. Exactly. yeah. And then I feel like for me, I feel like it's really important to also just say no sometimes to an opportunity that sounds exciting, but it doesn't actually align with yeah. your brand's values. Because yeah. it's so tempting when someone comes to you with an opportunity that feels like, oh, financially, this could be really great. But if it doesn't align with your brand's values and messaging, then your customers will feel that too. And then it feels inauthentic. So I think throughout your journey to always go back to like, what is your brand promise um, and message so just to like, make sure you're always kind of aligned with what your core messaging was. Yeah. yeah. So true. So true. And I think no is such a underused word in our dictionary yeah. or language in general, whether it's business or personal or social, like we just need to say no more. Like no, we just so like if you don't want to do it, you're not doing it and that's it. No explanation needed, just a no. Mm -hmm. So true. And I think with like indie brands, there's a temptation because you're thinking about your revenue. So it's like, oh, but then you really have to be like, what is the long term strategy yeah. and the long term vision? And you have to kind of dial it back, um, even if it's hard yeah. to say no. 
Thank you three for chatting with me today. Um, this was so fun and I feel so energized and I'm ready to like contour my lips now when I go out tonight. So I'm very excited. <laughs> Keep doing what you're doing. I think Citizen is is really going to take over the world. I don't say this lightly. I, like I said, I've spent a lot of my time working in the beauty industry and also just consumer. I think you guys are really killing it and you're working on something really incredible. So I'm wishing you all the best and thanks for being on the podcast. Thank, Thank you, you so, so much. much. Yeah, and you're awesome and we love your podcast. Love that. And we'll hang out in Dubai the next time I'm there. So looking forward to that. (laughs) And to all the listeners, thanks for being here and sending you all the good vibes. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And I very much appreciate you being here. To follow along on all things TMM, check us out on Instagram at the Modern Millennial Podcast. And as always, show some love by subscribing, leaving a review and telling a friend about TMM. Till then, see you next week, sending you all of the good vibes.